Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? It is I, Morgan Colby, all alone in this wonderful basement of mine. Swinging my arms randomly and ferociously without Rick here. Uh, Rick, we, we you know we, we we record the podcast together um, most of the time, uh, and we usually do them both in the same day. And he uh, did one, and uh, he was not feeling good after the second one. So we were like, you know what? We are going to let him have the rest of the night off, and I'm going to record this episode by myself. So this should be 10, 15 minutes of glorious, glorious fantasy football content uh, for redraft because we're back at it. After the NFL draft, uh, we are going to hop right back into all the redraft content that we're going to have. We're going to have a million mock drafts. We're going to do all the things that we normally do, and we're going to step to the plate and give you the content that you need to uh, to have success excuse me, in your fantasy leagues for 2023. Um, and this is a little bit of a sneak preview to that. Usually around this season, we mix in some some redraft content episodes along with our dynasty episodes and talk about some much draft running backs, uh, much draft players in general uh, for the 2023 season. Um, and we are going to do that probably over the course of the next two episodes, must draft wide receivers, um, possibly next week. And then a rookie mock draft going into the NFL draft. I usually like NFL draft week to be that. Um, but we got some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, before we do that, check out our website, fantasygemmies.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those good platforms. If you're listening, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. Uh, so do all those good, st- those good things. Um, I was gonna say today is is one week, one one glorious week away from the NFL draft. 8 p.m. I believe is when the draft starts, uh, and I sit there for hours waiting for Behan Robinson to get drafted uh, by whatever team he ends up. I'm I'm actually curious to see um, what teams get him. He gets mocked to the most, uh, which I was gonna pull up, but I don't even think I have PFF open. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Behan. We got here. Who are you getting drafted by? Trends. Dallas. 34% most drafted by Dallas in mock drafts on PFF. Then we got Philly at 16% and Detroit at 11? Interesting. That would be gross. Um, but, I mean, another wasted first or second round pick on a running back for Detroit would be funny. Um, but anyway, Behan, we'll find out where he goes, um, as well as some of these great quarterbacks and wide receivers and see how, you know, all these rumors and Adam Schefter talking about how, uh, there's not, there's only going to be two quarterbacks taken in the top five, which a lot of people thought there was going to be three or four, um, people talking about how the wide receiver class is not as sought after as people in the media think the receivers are. So, uh, a lot of different stuff floating around. We're going to see. We're going to see when NFL draft happens, you know, when the NFL draft happens next Thursday, where these guys go, what the landing spots are, what the value is of those those players and and uh, what their landing spots might be and how it affects our rankings and all that good stuff. So we'll give you a draft recap and all all the good goobly goop that comes along with that. That's an old man phrase, I guess. Um, but 
like I said on this episode, we're going to talk about some mush draft players uh, for the 2022 fantasy football season, uh, 2023 fantasy football season. So mush draft running backs for the 2023 fantasy football season. There you go. Um, and we're going to walk through that. So uh, without further ado, let's jump in with our number one. Well, I don't. These aren't ranked. I always do this. They're not ranked. They're just five guys. The first guy I'm going to talk about. B freaking Han freaking Robinson. Love B Han. Um, I think this guy, you know, the expert consensus ranking for him is currently seven. And my ranking for him currently is, I think, seven or eight as well. But I just want to confirm that. Um, It is he's actually unranked on my rankings right now. I haven't even added him. <clears throat> Gee whiz. So yeah, I probably would put him right around seven, eight, or nine on my rankings. Um but he is one of the guys, I, I, I'm really hoping that by the time we hit draft season that he is not going in the first round, but the last time we had we had a running back this hyped up in fantasy football, it was Saquon Barkley, and he went number six overall, I believe, that year in ADP. And to me, it was just kind of like, all right, this is really good you know, for Bihan. I mean, this is really good for people who have the number six overall pick, but I like to draft these running backs that go off in the first round that I can snag in the second round, snag in the third round that have a higher ceiling because not a lot of people are looking at them. They're like nervous because they're rookie running backs. But when you have a guy, a running back that is this sought after, it's going to be hard to get him outside of the first round. But if you are a late, I wouldn't suggest drafting Behan Robinson ahead of some of these running backs that we have here, like Jonathan Taylor and, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey and, and, uh, and some of those guys, but I definitely would take him as my sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th running back off the board. And if he's available late in the first round, early second, he's a must draft. He's a guy that you have to get on your fantasy team because it doesn't really matter where he goes. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. And, and we, we talked about him a little bit on the, um, on the running back ranking show for, you know, give you it's, it's our ranking, but it's also a, a kind of like a slight introduction, uh, to the, to the quarter, I mean, to the running back position, um, going into the NFL draft. And so we talk about some of these guys, he's just a complete back. Um, and he's ridiculously fast. He can do basically anything that you want him to do. Um, and it just makes him it makes him a dynamic player. Um, and I'm trying to pull up his profile right now, a player profiler, um, so I can give you his 40 time because that was I don't know if he ran a 40. Let me see if he ran a 40. So it was a 446. So he's a 5'11", 250 pound running back that ran a 446, uh, 87th percentile, speed score 89th percentile, his burst score 82nd percentile. He's number seven at the running back position with his athleticism score in this class. So he's very good. He's big. 
Um, and he, like I said, he's complete. He can pass catch. He can run. He can do all those things. So it makes him a a desirable running back to have because you want guys that can do both. You want guys that can run. You want guys that can, that can catch passes, right? And so there's very few running backs that can do that in the NFL. And the guys that can and have done it in the past are the guys that excel uh, at a high level. So Robinson has, you know, answers for everything. He can run with power, speed, elusiveness, all of that stuff. Um, he also can pass catch. Like I said, his his on the player profile, you go to their website, his college target share, 10%, 77th percentile. So that tells me he can pass. You know, anything above 70 percentile, 70th percentile or higher is a good pass catching running back. So he obviously can do that well. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's obviously hope and excitement for this player. And if he goes to a team like the Eagles or he goes to a team like Dallas, those two teams are going to utilize Behan Robinson, um, effectively. They're going to utilize him, uh, with reckless abandonment. They're going to give him as much work as they humanly can and get him the ball, um, he's extremely talented. He's a good running back, and he's one of the best running backs to come out since um, Saquon Barkley. And that's why he is being projected possibly in the top 15 of the NFL draft. He's a lock for the first round. So I think when you look at this guy, whatever team drafts him, if you're drafting a running back in the first round, you're going to use him. That's why there's a, there's a fantasy football trend in place that if your running back goes in the first round and they play a full, healthy like season, then there's a good chance that they end up being successes at the NFL level. You know, a couple of years ago, you saw Josh Jacobs go in the NFL draft in the first round. And he was a guy that I think some people were like, yeah, you know, he could be a really good running back. He was, I think he was ranked number one in rookie drafts and all of that stuff. And, um, and I just look at it and I'm like, this player, you know, I don't absolutely love him. But and this is Josh Jacobs at the time. I don't absolutely love him, but him going in the first round was enough to be like to a team that needed a running back was enough to be like okay that team's going to give him the rock. They're going to run it with him. They're going to utilize him. You know, ETM was the last running back taken in the first round, I believe, and he didn't get utilized that way. Um, but he also got hurt and didn't play his rookie season. Last year was technically his rookie season, and he ended up producing as at least a top 15 running back. So Bihan going in the first round, like if a running back goes in the first round, they're going to get utilized. They're going to get run right away. There's no reason to hold back. So Bihan's going to get the ball. He's going to get the rock. He is the most complete running back that we've seen since Saquon Barkley, and he's going to be able to do a lot of really great things. So you want that type of player on your fantasy team. And the good thing is that there is hope that when the when the August drafts roll around and all the people start doing their fantasy drafts and, you know, the random drunk guy who doesn't know who Bihan is and he just rolled up to your draft party and he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to draft this guy. You know, who's Bihan Robinson? Because I always get that. Who's this rookie? I don't know. I know because I've been talking about him for months, but the drunk guy doesn't know. Um, and hopefully that pushes him down boards a little bit so he can get in the second round. It makes it a great pick, but this guy's a lock for before draft, after draft, all that good stuff. It's a lock. So get behind Robinson on your team. He's going to be an RB one this year. Um, number two, I got Miles Sanders for you. Miles Sanders, very interesting running back. I love Miles Sanders. Um, I've always loved Miles Sanders. 
the interesting thing for him, and it's hard for me to make him a must draft because, like, you know, I think there's still some there's still some problems there. There's still some stuff there that uh, is an issue, you know, in terms of him leaving his current team and going to a new team. And usually that doesn't work out for running backs typically. So um, I just don't know with Miles Sanders. I don't know if he's going to um, get the ball as much as I would like him to. Um, but I'm just making a prediction or a projection and projecting out that he will get that. Um, but he was always one of my favorite running backs. His second year in the NFL, um, even his first year I liked him. In his second year in the NFL, I thought he was going to be um, a breakout running back and, and basically be the new Christian McCaffrey and all that stuff. And then the Eagles didn't end up using him the way that I anticipated. Um, and then this year finally comes. And he gets the work that he was supposed to get. In seasons prior, he got 818 rushing yards, 867 rushing yards, 754 rushing yards. He had 28 receptions, 26 receptions for a total of 158, 197 yards. So it was like he's putting up big numbers, but he wasn't putting up big numbers, if you know what I mean. One of the things that he was hailed with in college was his pass-catching ability. Um, and he wasn't really utilized by, you know, in his first year, he had 59 catches, 509 yards, which is 10 yards a catch. And that usually is pretty good at the running back position. Um, he's caught six touchdowns, and then they just stopped using him in the air. And so for whatever reason, I don't know if it drops, I don't know what it is, but they just stopped utilizing him through the air. And he had 28, 26, and 20 catches in subsequent years. Um, but he has always been around five yards per carry. He's always been an efficient rusher on the ground. You get this guy involved in the pass catching game, then it's all bets off. Um, he had 259 rush attempts, 1,269 yards this year, 11 total touchdowns. He had 78 receiving yards and 20 catches. So an area in PPR that he needs to improve in is that is that pass catching area. But the big thing about Miles Sanders is that he moves from Philadelphia, where they weren't using him through the air, and they like to deploy several running backs to Carolina, where in case you didn't notice, last year they started the season with a running back by the name of Christian McCaffrey, who was talented, yes, and who you know changes an offense, yes. When you when you get a player like that, you are gonna feed him the ball. But this is a player, right? That comes now into Carolina. And he's going to get the rock. Like, I, they're going to give him the ball 250-plus times on the ground. That's going to happen. It's not going to not happen. And based on his averages for a majority of his career, he's probably going to end up with, I, I would say, with a worse offensive line, he'll probably end up five, 4.5 yards a carry or something like that. Um, but you're going to see him, I think, increase in the reception department. And with... A younger quarterback coming in and some of that situation, they're gonna they're gonna rely on Miles Sanders. The contract that they gave him, all of that stuff. They're not looking to go into the draft and get a running back. They're not looking to add more running backs to that backfield. They are looking to give the ball to Miles Sanders a million times. And that's just what Carolina has done. You know, regardless of the coaching staff, they've given the running back that has been the main back the ball for the majority of the season. So if Miles Sanders goes out this year, plays 17 games. I think you could be looking at a 250 rush attempt, 50 reception season, which is basically 300 opportunities to score fantasy points, which is exciting. So I think Miles Sanders is a definite snatch and grab. 
Um, he's a definite must draft because I think there's opportunities for him in Carolina. As long as he stays healthy and he's there, he's a good draft selection right now. His, his, um, his ADP is currently 73.3 on player profiler here. Um, so he is getting drafted, not in the first 12 round. I mean, not in the first five or six rounds, but you know, he might even fall to seventh. So I think he's a great draft selection. I've been drafting him. I'm going to be drafting him in all of my drafts on underdog. I'm going to be drafting him in all my, um, uh, redraft leagues and, and trying to trade for him in dynasty, uh, at lower values because, you know, people aren't going to think the same thing, but like he's going there to be the lead back for Carolina and Carolina is going to give him the rock. So I'm excited to see what he does in Carolina. Typically don't like when running backs switch teams, but this particular one, they're going to give him 300 carries. Like I, I definitely believe that. Um, just based on their histories and stuff like that. Cause even when you look at like the backups that played last point on miles Sanders, the backups that played, um, after, you know, Christian McCaffrey was traded. The first guy that they gave the opportunity to believe the opportunity was they weren't splitting. They were giving them to one person until that person got hurt. So um, it is interesting to see that, but um, let's move on to the next guy. Number three, Kenneth Walker. And I'm going to try to move through these guys a little bit faster because I got caught on on Bihan. You know, love Bihan, but Kenneth Walker had a great season last year. Um, He ended the season in a tough fashion. Um, he ended the season in a tough fashion, um, I, or early in the season, I think he was hurt. But anyway, I was going to look up game logs. You want a second to do that. Oh, yeah, so he was fine for most of the season. Um, you know, he did miss, I, I believe, week one. And it wasn't early in the season. He really wasn't getting a whole ton of opportunity up until week six when I believe Penny got hurt. And then from week six on, uh, this is his fantasy finishes in PPR. Eight. 3, 25, 2, 17, 14, 51, 28, 21, 13, 17, 5. Um, and so he had some big RB1 finishes there. He had some, you know, not so great finishes, but he was putting up fantasy points each and every week. The big thing about these numbers that that you're seeing here is he had 21, 23, 18, 26, 10, 14, um, 3. I believe he missed week 14. And they had 12 uh, in week 15 and 26, 23, 29 and 15. So like when he was get, when he was there and available, he was getting the rock. Um, And when he wasn't, when he was obviously injured or hurt, and then you got that early portion of the season, he wasn't putting up the same numbers. So every game, I would say that he got basically a 70 snap share or higher. He was an RB one for the most part. And I, I think what you're seeing for a guy like Kenneth Walker, you know, um, is that he is going to get the opportunity going into next year. And I think there's a lot of running backs that I like from the last draft class that had success this year. But this one is healthy. And, like, if Brees Hall was healthy, I think he'd be the number one running back off the board. And, you know, everyone would – or not number one running back off the board, but the number one second-year running back off the board – um, this guy right here, Kenneth Walker, was healthy last year for the most part, um, and he can't. He finished the season, you know, and he played in the playoffs, I believe. So, um, you know, you have those situations. But if if you take all of his starts and you add them together, 
and there's a game in there where he only had three carries because he got hurt. He has 317 rushing attempts for 1,397 yards and 12 touchdowns. He also adds 32 catches for 233 receiving yards on top of that. They want to use Kenneth Walker like they used Marshawn Lynch back in the day. Give him 300 carries. Give him 40 catches. Get him the ball as much as humanly possible. There's a reason why this guy is going as high as he is in drafts. Right now, he's pick 15 according to uh, player profilers ADP right now. And I just, I look at this and I'm like, pick 15 is like early second round. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie. I love that. Like if I could get Kenneth Walker in the second round, that's great because right now his ECR um, expert consensus ranking is fifth. So like, I don't know if, if this guy's going to end up going in the top five in drafts, but like if I can get him where the fantasy football uh, or uh, where a fa- uh, player profiler has him going, which is pick 15, then I'm going to smash that all day because this guy is a ridiculous, ridiculously good running back in fantasy football. So, um, and he's going to get the rock. Like nothing's going to change here. You know what I mean? He's going to get his rush attempts. He's going to get his receptions. Like all of that stuff is going to come. But like just looking at his paced out numbers from last year, and that includes games where he had like three carries. This is just like when he was on the field and active and getting work, he was getting a lot of work. So um, I think it's safe to draft Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be one of the top running backs in fantasy football for the next couple of years. If you're in a keeper league, like, you know, and you can draft this guy in the second round, like smash it because then you can keep that, you know, player for the next season. You got a superstar running back for two years. So this guy's really good. I, I would take him on my team. Must draft. Got to get him. Um, you know, he's one of those. He might end up being a first round pick when it's all said and done. Like, but we'll see. Um, Tony Pollard, next guy on the list. Tony Pollard actually had a very interesting season, um, last year. And, you know, obviously everyone knows of, uh, you know, my man's Zeke Elliott from back in the day. He was the guy for a majority of the time, um, you know, for the last six years, seven years. Tony Pollard was drafted to basically be his backup. He's been in the league for four years. This year was his first year kind of getting to 1,000 yards rushing. He's been a five-yard-a-carry guy three out of the four seasons uh, of his NFL career. He's a great pass-catching running back. He's had 39 receptions each of the last two seasons. So he does a lot of really good things and a lot of things well. Zeke is no longer a part of the Dallas Cowboys. They let him walk. He does not have a team yet. There's rumors that he could go back to Dallas on a restructured deal or a restructured contract. Um, but I could see him, you know, kind of moving in a direction of being a, you know, a backup running back if he resigns with Dallas or going to a team where he can compete for a, a championship like, you know, um, like Kansas City. Um, obviously, Dallas is competing for a championship, but I think they know what they want and they franchise tagged. Tony Pollard for a reason. They didn't keep Zeke and say, all right, Pollard, you can walk and you can go. They think this guy is legitimate. And I think if he gets the Zeke work and Zeke does not return and they don't draft a running back and this guy stays put, this is why this Tony Pollard is a little bit more risky. But if he gets the work that Zeke also got, you're talking about a freaking running back at this point. 
Um, you're talking about a friggin' running back at this point who can put together really great performances and he's a good pass catching running back. So if he gets the full workload and he's on the field for a majority of the time, he's going to catch 50 to 70 passes, like 100%. He's also going to get 200 to 250 carries. So if he puts those two things together, this guy's going to be a top 12 to a top 15 running back in fantasy football. And he was already performing well by himself last year. He's clearly more explosive than Zeke. He's clearly quicker than Zeke at this point in their careers. And I, I think Dallas knows it, and they have to go with Tony Pollard. He's a cheaper, better option at this point for the Dallas Cowboys, even on that franchise tag. So Tony Pollard is a guy that I'm drafting just because if he does take that number one role with Dallas and they don't do anything else, they don't add another running back, they don't get Zeke back, they don't go out in the draft and draft Behan or Jameer Gibbs, and they keep their roster exactly the same. Now, I can't promise this because, you know, Jerry... Jerry Jones does what Jerry Jones does. He sees a wide receiver. He sees a running back. He sees somebody on the board that he wants. He goes and gets them. If Behan's there and he likes Behan, he will get Behan. If he likes Jameer Gibbs, he will get Jameer Gibbs. So it's like it doesn't matter with him, but he is going to be a he's going to be a guy that's going to be a factor in this situation. And so you have to keep an eye on this as we go. And it's a little bit more risky of a must draft. But if you get to if you get to August, and right now is freaking April. And it's like right before the NFL draft. And if you're watching this video in freaking August and you're, you're, you're questioning things, Tony Pollard is a good player. But if there's another running back on that team by the name of Behan, Jameer Gibbs, like I'm nervous. Zeke doesn't make me nervous. I still think Tony Pollard is going to be a really good running back with Zeke on the team because I think Zeke's role is going to be diminished because they showed their colors. They got rid of them. They got, they cut that contract because they couldn't have it anymore. And so Pollard getting, all of the work for Dallas would be best case scenario. And if that does happen, he's a must draft running back. You got to get him right now. He's going, um, I believe at pick 25. So you're talking about basically early third round. And if you're a team that's drafting high in the first round, you know, you could, you know, you could snag basically a wide receiver in the second and flip around and get Tony Pollard, you know, Pollard and one of the top running backs, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, So I like that. I like that a lot, um, but let's talk about the last guy that we have here and try to wrap this show up, and it's Travis Etienne. Now, Etienne, going to be a little bit different of a cat, and and the reason why I say that is because, and I don't say it because he's a Jaguar, no pun intended, um, but he's a guy that I don't think can reach 250 rush attempts. I don't think he can survive under that. So he's a good running back. He got 5.1 yards to carry last year, 1,125 yards. But I think around 225 is where you're going to see him stay in terms of rush attempts. I would even, I wouldn't be surprised if he drops into like the 200s and he's like Alvin Kamara from that perspective, where he's a guy that gets around 200 carries, but that's where he stops. So he doesn't get any more carries than that, and he kind of sticks around that vicinity. Last year he had 35 catches, 316 yards in 17 games. They need to get him the ball more through the air. So they weren't, he can't really get the groundwork and, and they're not really giving it to him through the air. But there were, there were opportunities and there were moments last year where he wasn't, uh, they, they, they gave him that opportunity or he had a drop or things happened. So this is his second year in the NFL. You know, usually rookie player goes out, has a really good season or, you know, a, a running back that has a potential breakout going into year two. Sometimes that happens for running backs. I think this is going to be his, this is technically his year two in the NFL, but I would love to see them get him the ball more through the air 
if he gets 50 to 60 catches on top of his 220 rush attempts, you're talking about a guy that's at 275 to 300 opportunities. In PPR leagues, he would be a dream. Um, but there's definitely opportunities here. I mean, there's definitely problems here for him that you have to keep an eye on. You know, is Jacksonville going to go, like right now they didn't really go out and get another running back at this point. So, you know, it's clear that they like Travis Etienne, but do they go out and get another running back? This is a guy that needs to, to me, he needs to he needs to get up to 80 catches. Like that's where he needs to make his, you know, his fantasy football bread and butter is, is the pass catching. Um, and I think that, you know, if he doesn't do that, there's obviously problems there. But I think I think he's I think personally he's a must draft because I think they see that. I think they're gonna watch the film and they're gonna know we gotta use Travis Etienne a little bit more through the air. And I think every year, you know, you go back at the previous year and you look at the film and you spend the offseason dissecting things and going, Okay, you know what? We had a lot more success when we were getting Travis Etienne the ball through the air. I think they're gonna see that. They're going to increase his volume through the air. I don't think there's an increase in volume on the ground. I think there's actually a decrease in volume, a little bit of a positive, I mean, a negative regression. Um, negative regression is is an oxymoron, but a little bit of regression um, for rush attempts. He might be in the 200 area instead of 220. Uh, but if he does get an increase of 30 to 40 pass catching opportunities, you're going to be talking about, um, you know, that 220 getting, you know, it doesn't really matter if it goes down by 20 rush attempts. Um, so I do believe they're going to increase his work through the air. Um, he is right now ADPing at 2627 um, for his pick selection. So very interesting area for him. I think I I really like his his selection at 26, and I think there's some good news there uh, for Travis Etienne. So must draft for for him. He's one of my guys. Uh, I absolutely love him. Um, and I hope that uh, they start to utilize him a little bit better than they have in the past and, and realize that he's not really, you know, a ground and pound guy. He's a guy that you got to get the ball through the air. Um, so I hope they, they realize that. But there you go. There are your must draft running backs for the 2022 fantasy football season. Uh, we got Behan. We got Miles Sanders. We got Kenneth Walker. We got Tony Pollard. We got Travis Etienne. Last year, I don't think you would get hear me talking about Tony Pollard. I would have been like, what are you talking about? Uh We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.